2: Well, Cajun Cannon, this Saints team definitely takes its fans on a roller coaster ride, down then up, then down again in this matchup week 7 in the Caesar Superdome. Black and Gold go down to the Jaguars 31 to 24 and now fall to 3 and 4 on the season.
0: Well, I, I don't you got to play a complete game. You got to be a pro. Um you know, I just recently got a root canal. And watching the Saints in the first half against the Texans and the first half against the Jaguars, I think I'd rather have a root canal every week than watch the first half. What occurred against the Texans and what occurred against the Jaguars. I mean, I, I know the Prince, the princess, you know, he's one of the best young quarterbacks. You know, he gets recognized around the NFL that being Trevor Lawrence, man, I'd hate to see if his knee wasn't hurt. I, I don't know. He didn't look hurt to me. He's scrambling around. He had uh, eight carries, 59 yards, seven-and-a-half-yard average. haven't seen this too much, and I like our defense. Do you know we had zero sacks, zero quarterback hurries? How? How? Exactly. You would think, I think they were banged up on the offensive line like we were. Uh, and then I'll look at them. They had seven quarterback hurries, and, you know, they had a sack. You know, uh, we had a couple of tackles for loss, and then they had a couple of tackles for loss. Thank Carl Granison and Malcolm Roach each had a tackle for loss. But, you know, I'm kind of discouraged. And just goes to show you uh, where the programs are at right now. You know, I still view Jacksonville as an expansion team. Oh, Bobby, them days are over because it's been well into the 21st century now that they're no longer an expansion team. But um, I would say, to say the least, uh, we've had their number. You know, we had won four in a row. We had won the last four uh, matchups against them, um,
2: and they had never won in the dome before.
0: Right, right. That they were over. Uh, they had, We were three and zero in the dome. Now, now we're three and one. We were five and two. Now we're five and three. But it goes to show you where you're at now. And if you're a Jaguar fan, you got to be ecstatic because. You know, regular season games, ultimately you want to get to the Super Bowl, but they've won 10 of their last 12 regular season games. So I would say uh, with Coach Peterson and Mm -hmm. the Trevor Lawrence, they're trending in the right direction where the Saints look like uh, at times, especially in the first half, like we're an expansion team. Uh, We're definitely an expansion team in the red zone. I mean, uh, the, the way uh, the red zone has officially become, until proven differently, you could say the stink zone or dead zone. It's like uh, r- rotting flesh. It's like it, it's, it's, it makes you want to throw up. I mean, come on, are we 9 of 24 in the dead zone? Uh, when you think about that, um, and we were what, we were ranked like ranked 27th, so we at the bottom of the league. You got to be able to score touchdowns. So, uh, the, yeah, it is the stink zone, dead zone, however you want to uh, describe it. I don't know. Usually, you have to convert on third <laughs> third down to win the time of possession. I'm like, how do we have the ball more than 12 minutes and we sucked on third down? It was terrible. We were three of 18, 17 percent. And even as bad as our defense played, I thought, the first half. You know, we always tend to bounce back. Well, what, is Dennis Allen chewing him out at halftime? Or are we making great halftime adjustments? How about we make great adjustments before the game starts? How about we don't get out coached on a fake punt? Oh, you think that happened by accident? The Jaguars saw something, and you had midfield. You got to be aware of that. Watch for the fake punt. And they That guy was freaking wide open. Now, what I look at, and I watch all the games, and I always pride ourselves in our secondary. But to me, uh, more than any other team this season, man, they were high school open a number of times. I'm talking about four to five yards yards open. And Kirk, I mean that touchdown he scored, boy, speed kills. Uh, you think you have the angle, but not so fast. So uh, that was very disheartening. Now, like I said, we're struggling in the dead zone. You know, only going three for 18. You know, you have mismatches and all that. Uh, Is Jimmy Graham not on the team anymore? You might as well, uh, uh, okay, Jimmy, just retire. Are we going to have a ceremony for you uh, before the game and then you wave to the crowd or or whatever? We're not going to utilize him. We're not going to utilize him in the red zone. Mismatch. Okay, uh, Jimmy Graham is a giant compared to some of these DBs that are 5'9", 5'10". So you don't think he knows how to score in the red zone? I mean, he's not that old. He's not in the old folks' home. I mean, uh, you would think you'd want to utilize Jimmy Graham in the red zone considering how we're struggling. The difference was in this game. It was the dead zone, the red zone. I keep saying dead zone. It was the red zone. It feels like the dead zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? you got to be opportunistic. Uh, they were two for two, 100%. Oof. Now, you don't have to be 100%, but you got to be hovering around 50. We are right now, uh, I, I want to say we're low 30s. Uh, so that's not getting it done. Uh, you are not going to win, and that's the difference. we two of five in the red zone, and, and they're two for two. And this is puzzling too. That's why you can't look at. Oh man, look all the yards we're putting up. Man, sometimes you know when you're way behind, you can say you can get garbage yards and pad the stats. But we're fighting back. I mean, I've given up, but we have back-to-back 400 uh, total yards. Think how plus. Think how empty uh, those yards are. We're still not able to run the ball like a lot. Uh, we I would like I would like us to be able to run the ball more like uh, the Jags did. They averaged four and a half yards a carry. Uh, we averaged three and a half. We had 31 attempts. They had 26. And look, number of plays. You don't always say you want to have about 65 plays. We had 87. Uh, th- that's almost like five quarters of football when you look at the number of actual uh, plays you had offensively. Again, turnover margin. People say, "Hey, Bear, you full of crap." <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying we win the turnover margin. We're gonna win. Well, I don't know. I just go by history. In the eighty-some percent, we're one for the game. We plus three for the season, and we have a losing record. What? But again, now it seems like if we would do this, we wouldn't win. But the Jaguars did this, and it was the outcome of the game. They had a pick six. Oh, we we'll lost by a touchdown, right? Oh, pick six, touchdown. We end up losing. Thirty-one to twenty-four. Now, look at um, Steve. This is probably at halftime. I told you this. Um, I said, "Well, this is like Mike Ditka days. That this is going back to uh, almost a quarter of a century, you know, o- over two decades. We were plus two with thirteen. If somebody would have told me, huh. we're going to be plus two, just tell me this one sentence." Right. We plus two. There's 13 minutes left in the second quarter, and we're plus two, and the score is 14 to three. I say, damn good, man. We're winning 14
2: to three. No, 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 no. That's the other team that's up 14 to three.
0: How? <laughs> we're plus two. We're not being opportunistic. I mean, that to me uh, blew my mind right there. And look, I always say, boy, give me 120 to 130 uh, total scrimmage yards from Alvin Kamara. Well, I think that's a great winning effort and we should be able to win. Well, he had 153 total yards. Uh, if you'd have just told me that. I go, wow, well, Alvin's kicking ass. But um, uh, well, we definitely got a, a great opportunity the way the offense and how he's spreading it around. And uh, he ended up being the leading receiver, 12 targets. I mean, 14 targets, 12 catches, 91 yards. He had 62 yards rushing. I thought Alvin Kamara was uh, was running hard. No nah, and um but look at look at Kirk. I mean who's guarding Kirk? I thought we Bobby you said we had all these the greatest defensive the, backs
2: the best DBs in Saints history. Saints history.
0: Well, uh not what's his name? Christian Kirk, his last name Kirk. I don't know, he got targeted uh 6 times, 6 catches. Average 15 yards of reception. So whoever was checking him uh they better check themselves. Uh because <laughs> they weren't able to stop him but really um Nothing to write home about when you look, like I said, I, I thought our Saints defense uh, that if you had told me we could have zero sacks and zero quarterback hurries, i go, well, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he has that knee brace dealing with that knee. But you look at Trevor Lawrence, uh, he rushes eight times for 59 yards uh, and he averaged seven and a half yards a carry. So –
2: There was that boy is a big 26-yard run he had, right? He, he
0: had a 26 – a long gain. so – I mean, well, what if he was really healthy? He, he, he'd have ran maybe for 80 yards or something, but uh, we were not able uh, to contain him. You know, he had a quarterback rating of 100.4. Uh, Derek Carr had uh, like 73.4. Uh, now, again, we had to do this because um, considering we were behind having to play catch-up, uh, that's not good. Now, Derek Carr threw for 301 yards, but he threw 55 passes. No, uh, that would be a throw about um, about 18 less than that or something. Uh, you know, that's too many passes. That means you are playing catch-up. Trevor Lawrence only threw 29 passes, Pass the great Trevor Lawrence, okay? And a young guy, you got to let him fling the ball all around. No, that's why you got to have balance. We had a lot of number of plays, but like I said, we're having to play catch-up at the to- at time. I-, I thought Paul Debo, he was shaky At the beginning, but I thought he got better. He ended up leading the team in tackles with seven total, also unassisted with five. And he had a couple of passes defending. He had a forced FOMO. And Carl Granson ended up getting that foam recovery. But um, nothing to write home about uh, when I look at the defense considering. You know, you look at scoring defense, and they were two for two in the red zone. You know, that's where now can we force field goals or, or, you know, Think about when you look at a score. Instead of being 2-2, what if they're one one for two? And then you look how the game breaks down with selling settling, settling for a field goal instead of giving up a, a touchdown. But again, our schedule, you are what your schedule says. Uh, uh, you are, uh, we're a losing team right now. I'm not saying we're losers, but we're a losing team. We're not 500.
2: No, we're below 500. We're
0: below now. 500. We got to beat the Colts to get back to 500. Then you play in uh, the, the bad news Bears. Who knows? That's going to be in the dome. I don't know what's going to happen. We might make Justin Fields look like all world. You know, he's going to run all around. He probably can run like Trevor Lawrence and extend plays. Then you got to go at, at Minnesota, the Vikings, and they're having a down year, but they'll do that Skull Chan, and who knows? who might freak out and, and get overwhelmed by that. So the, there's. It's a mini-buy right now. How are we going to address this? How are we going to bounce back? The NFC South's wide open. Uh, Listen, okay, it's not like, oh, a must-win, must-win. It's a must-win because our division is so sorry. Tampa Bay ain't going anywhere. The Falcons aren't going anywhere. Carolina came and won a game. Think the Saints are going? Somebody has to win the NFC South, like last year. Look at Tampa Bay. Didn't they have a losing record on the NFC South? We might have back-to-back NFC South winners with a losing record. You might, you know. Oh, I went eight and nine. I won the division. Oh, I get to host a home game. The fans were there. The fans were there and want to cheer.
2: We heard a lot of boos too,
0: and boos from the uh, from the first quarter, right? Uh, because we were playing like hot garbage, uh, like we did the first half against the Texans. Please, when we played the Colts on October 29th, Please get off to a great start. Please don't uh, We're going at halftime and have to bitch how sorry the team's playing. How about we, we get going from the get-go? Because you practice all week and you have a game plan, and then do it in the first half, then you make adjustments, and maybe you keep the pace on a positive level and play four quarters. I don't know what's going to happen. I think who that nation is very discouraged right now. Because all I know, it's a production business. You got to win are, it's not kumbaya. It's not, our changes have to be made. It can't be, all, can't we all just get along? No, in the real world, we, won't, we wish people would get along more. But but on the football field, you got to produce. No, uh, you, you could be a jerk, but if you win, uh, you're going to have a job uh, uh, many a years. You can have double-digit NFL, uh, uh, you know, a career. But if you're a nice guy and you don't know, produce, are uh, you going to sell insurance? Or are you going to do something else? Uh, you're not playing in the NFL. That's just the way it is. It's tough love, and uh, I, and I do agree with Dennis Allen somewhat. Our Peaceville offensive line. I think we did pretty good. I thought we were hanging, considering um, we didn't get uh, we didn't get whooped like I thought we might have uh, as far as getting embarrassed. You know, they only had one sack. Uh, Smoot had one. Smooth. That name reminds me. I think that has to be that cat from Mississippi State. Uh, that name, uh, kind of, but. Um, look, I, I, I had thought that uh, you know Derek Carr might get sacked two or three times because that's been kind of the pace. So that's uh, Smoot from like, Illinois, by the way. Illinois, okay. Not uh, I must be thinking of a different Smoot. Wanted to correct
2: you before the text line. No, did. yeah, yeah, cause,
0: yeah. Cause I, <laughs> but I just I, I remember some cat Smoot from Mississippi State. That might be his cousin. Who knows? But but anyway, uh, very discouraging loss. So close, but so far. Like, okay, we all love Foster Morrow. He's from New Orleans. But you got to catch the ball. You're a pro. You catch the ball.
2: Especially tough after we know what he's been through. What
0: he's been dealing with, without a doubt.
2: And you saw the pain, obviously, from him on the sideline afterwards.
0: Oh, it, it, it's very disheartening. No, no. And, and then you feel so bad. But, hey, you got to make the play. Right. You got. I don't know if we're going to win. Uh, we go in overtime, we might not win. You know how the game unfolds. You don't know but you got to give yourself opportunities and make those plays to give yourself a chance.
2: Want to hear from you, Hootahs, on the Oakwood Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Line them up, 504-260-1870. We'll be back with more of the Siroc Point after, right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Okay, picture this.
1: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.
2: Lining up the shots here on the Ciroc point after Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Getting to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, Menard in Baton Rouge. You got a question here? I think we all want some answers to. What you got first, Menard? Well, guys,
5: uh, and Bobby, I ain't going to accuse you of this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say a lot of people in the New Orleans media. Let's just say everyone that I heard with with a Saints media credential spent a whole offseason, a whole training camp and everything propagating the lie that the Saints have a great tight end core and have no problems at tight end. And please, could you guys just let those guys know – don't do that to us. Don't insult Saints fans' intelligence well,
0: anymore
5: well, uh, by uh, telling uh, us that. Okay, Menard, the only They're thing.
0: They're not it, any good. No, no, no. Now, the guy they were counting on is hurt. Jawan Johnson, a very similar calf injury like Joe Burrow, Now, I don't know if his calf uh, connected to his Achilles, but Jawan Johnson, who was outstanding last year, top three in receiving touchdowns, and he was having a great training camp. I don't know. He's out of sight, out of mind. He's been hurt. So, that would be the tight end. Now, Foster Morrow came over with Derek Carr from the Raiders, and then we brought in Jimmy Graham. We thought he'd be the second coming. Uh, But, don't you got to give him a
2: chance? We at least figured Jimmy be used in the red zone.
0: Red zone or uh, maybe uh, body position uh, in the middle of the field, uh, a short yardage or a short passing game. Not that you want him to utilize his young speed to stretch the defense, but – I don't know. I I, I I don't coach the tight ends at offense, so I, I don't I don't have answers. I, I Jimmy Graham at times in training camp, when they'd run two minute offense and they would utilize him, we never he didn't look like an old man. He looked like he was very capable. They didn't look like the young, unbelievable Jimmy G- Graham who was hanging out with Gronkowski. No, but and you all saw that.
2: that he could still be a weapon. Yeah, it, it wasn't like 20,
0: 13, 14, but he looked like he definitely because his size and he was in shape. That he still could be a weapon, so so Menard. I mean, it's like when we say we blow in smoke. Uh, I, I had thought you were going to say, "Oh, Bobby, you thought uh, boy if the stars were aligned, they maybe can win 13 games. Well, we're going to win all the rest of our games. I mean, I even picked 11 games. You know why I did? Because this is freaking garbage if they don't win double digits.
2: I was with you on the The, the schedule wins too.
0: is so easy. It's not like we're playing, oh, uh, we got to play the Eagles. Oh, then we got to play the Chiefs. Uh, then we got to play the 49ers. Look at the strength of schedule and the quarterbacks we are facing. Now, the Prince today, who, who had, had the a toughest
2: uh, of all of them, I think.
0: Yes, uh, I would say, uh, now that'd be a major upset. December 3rd, the Lions are coming to town. Jared Goff? No. The three guys who would have skins on the wall would be the Prince, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff. And Matthew Stafford, but all them other cats and all, And we worth our salt? Uh, come on, and uh, wait when you look at uh, you got to play different division. I'll uh, wait till you see the schedule on, on next year. Well, I don't know who's around with, and that's next year, Bobby. Why are you worried about that? But I'm just telling you, the stars were aligned, a very favorable schedule. There's no way right now we should have a losing record, but it is what it is. We do have a losing record. Now, I thought we had some fight, how we came back against the Jaguars. and But listen, you can have a fi- fight in yourself in P.E. class. Oh, I'm competing in, com- in P.E. and stuff. No, you got to win. Bottom line is you got to win. To me, uh, you know what was more even embarrassing than this game? How we played against Tampa Bay. A division opponent, and we got embarrassed at the Dome. Now, the Packers, I don't know how you let anybody come back. You're winning 17-0 with 12 minutes left. That I still don't understand. But but the the Patriots are terrible. The the, the Patriots are like the Patriots before Tom Brady and Belichick. I mean, I'm talking about like in the 80s, 90s and stuff. Uh, uh, I can't even think who the coach was then. It was those Syracuse coaches. McPherson, whatever, when they would win three games or something. But I'm looking at right now, okay, Indianapolis, the Colts. Okay, do you think the Colts has a snowball chance in hell to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Okay, are we going to win? I don't know. We're playing Uncle Rico. Uh, But, you know, uh, Gardner Mitchell, we've had success against him, whether he was with the Jaguars or or, or with the Eagles. the Eagles Eagles last year, right. So maybe we'll have success because Anthony Richardson, he's out for the season. But who knows? We might lay another damn egg. And won't we'll take care of business.
2: Take one down and pass it around. Back with more of the Siroc Point After, right after this, on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Back here on the Siroc Point After, Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka, black and gold fall to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 31-24 Thursday night football. Saints now 3-4 and four on the season. Cajun Canada, I know in the break you were looking at your notes yeah. and were anxious to bring up a point about Whoa. the uh, no-huddle offense, huh? Yeah, yeah uh,
0: I, I, I like that. Fans, look at his texture. This is right on. This is from uh, 2893. Bobby, up-tempo offense from the start. Why not? Uh, we're going no huddle. You see this in games. Sometimes they'll come, uh, maybe, like, on a drive. Okay, we're going to go this game. Uh, we're just going to go, like, a two-minute offense with no huddle. Get on the line. I don't know. that. That's how we got back in the game. And I don't know, You maybe you need to light a fire and you mix it up sometimes like that.
2: And things definitely look like <laughs> yeah. more cohesive and clicking. <laughs> right,
0: right. It wasn't like we we, we we had to get out of that funk. We were in a funk, man, bad. And the fans are booing. Everybody disgruntled and all that. You know, sometimes you got to go up temple. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe that might strategy against the Colts or the Bears. I don't know. I, I'm going
2: to blame whoever was in your seat in the press box today. Yeah. It messed up everything.
0: Yeah, always sit in the corner. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. They had some VIP in, in, my, in my seat. You're the VIP. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to comment on that. But <laughs> anyway, uh, it was, a, it was a, a nice couple. Maybe they paid a lot of money to sit there. I don't know. But you're in the nosebleed, so I, I don't know right. why they would earn those seats.
2: We're going to look at our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and sex line right now. Jack in New Orleans, what you got for us all, uh, today?
6: Guys, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the stats, right, just from the fantasy perspective. Taysom Hill, four receptions, 50 yards, and one rushing touchdown. Alvin Kamara scored 29 fantasy points. Now, put points aside, and we talk about the utilization of the tight end position and the active, ongoing pursuit of the no-huddle offense that is – Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael I wonder from your perspective both Bobby as a quarterback and Steve as an analyst is it time to move on from Pete Carmichael as an offensive coordinator and to follow up if you look at all the successful offensive coordinators in the NFL age range 37 to 44 right you look at Mike McDaniels Matt LaFleur Sean McVay, who hired Mike LaFour, Matt LaFleur's brother. All these guys doing very successful things. Ken Dorsey at the Bills. He's 42 years old. When you look at their age range, is that a reason to bring up the decision to move on from offensive coordinator? I'm going to hang up and let y'all both no, talk no about
0: no, it. No, Jack, unless... And, and, and Unless you, you think Pete Carmichael uh, was losing his mind, uh, you know, he don't have all his, all his faculties. Uh, then, But, no, the age doesn't matter. You could be a great 50-, 60-year-old uh, play caller. I think you just got to be flexible. Uh, I think Pete Carmichael would still be highly successful if Drew Brees is the quarterback. But a lot of people might be successful if Drew Brees is the quarterback. But that's not where we're at right now. So as far as changes, it, even though it's a mini-bye, there ain't nothing going to happen. I'm telling you, we have to let it play out. What's going to happen at the Colts, the Bears at home, and at the Vikings, It we have the bye week November 19th. And I think if something does happen. It would be then. It would be then, that bye week, and then Pete Carmichael's not going anywhere. He's still going to help put the game plan together. And then Ronald Curry, who called the preseason game, might be calling plays.
2: I'm all about any kind of influx to of positivity, yeah, yeah, to mix yeah. things up right now. But because it ain't what happening. we're doing ain't working,
0: it ain't happening. I'm telling you, that's uh, that's maybe it changed lately, but usually how teams they, how they, uh, they self scout yourself and what you're doing, what changes we can make, they're gonna do a little bit of that, you know, because it's a so mini buy. But that's when if we still. Let's say, okay, after 10 games, uh, let's say we like four and six. Oh, no. Changes have to be made. We got a losing record. So th- that would be something that would come about, I think, November 19th.
2: Hang or, tight. Or that week. Hang tight, coming back with more of the Ciroc Point after, right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. We're here on the Ciroc Point after till 1 a.m., talking about the Saints' 31-24 defeat at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the season Superdome. Bobby, time to go. What's bugging you about today's game? Brought to you by J&J Exterminators, Louisiana's independent exterminating company. And Cajun Cannon, what is bugging you about today's matchup?
0: Well, it is the damn red zone. I mean, uh, what fan that's watching the game, what fan that's watching the game, whether it's whom or away and how this season has transpired, how it's going on and on. It's like we almost want to say, oh, don't get in the dead zone because uh, we are dead. Uh, let's score um, maybe on a chunk play from 30 yards on out. Uh, don't get into the red zone. Don't be like goal to go or uh, inside the 20-yard line because we're going to have to set off a damn field goal. And I hope Grouping makes it. I don't know. Uh, boy, I was looking at that one extra point. He hit the upright. Oh, it went in. Oh, I said, you got to be kidding me. But, yeah, uh, so it's nobody, I'll tell you, the Saints fans right now, uh, uh, and, and it's human nature. As a player and a coach, no, that builds. That builds. Uh, now, I guess you got to go out and do it and score, uh, you know, to, to get over the hump. But right now, oh, what fan is watching? Oh, no, we're in the red zone. I wonder if we're going to score. Not where we used to be like, oh, hell, yeah, we scored. Uh, but we were amongst the best red zone teams, and we've witnessed this before. The same offense, the same offense we're running right now, but how we executing, you know, it doesn't matter when you call. But I don't understand, you know, how we ended the game also. When we sitting on a bunch of timeouts, uh, I want to say like three timeouts yep. and then um, don't you maybe, maybe surprise them with a run, you know, then maybe you could call a timeout, you know, cause not, you, you can't, you know, keep them in your back pocket. Now, uh, you know, if Foster Moreau catches the ball, then, you know, it's kind of like you move on. And like I said, I don't know what's going to happen in overtime, but Steve along those lines in the red zone, uh, we are counting on him and, um, we had a, a couple of texts that um, – and then y'all can comment on this. And I, I'm not hating on nobody. It's like um, – um, this is from 89-42 and from 1774. What's up with Chris Alave? Is he passionate about football? He seems kind of like, I don't know, prima donna. I, I mean – I mean, he's kind of a quiet guy. He's not a rah-rah guy. but he, And then this text says, Alave deserves as much blame as D.C. And, uh, and and, and Morrow. Uh, he's been hot garbage lately. Uh, then he goes on in the, the 58, uh, ninety-four guys. When are we going to talk about Chris Alave? Uh, okay. Uh, I, I mean, to me, I said this last year. I thought he got better in training camp. He's being more contested right, catches. Right. We were all talking about that and, being and, more and, physical, being able to do physical. that. More physical. Right. Yes. Uh, I thought last year, even though he was a 1,000 yard receiver, well, hell yeah, you should have a 1,000 yards. You're playing 17 games. <laughs> it's, it's not like you had 1,700 yards in 17 games. I said he was very good. He was very good, and you could see where he's at. Him and uh, who's the guy with the Jets I uh, played at Ohio State? Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson? Yeah. Okay. Look, young up and coming receivers. But uh, you know it wasn't hot garbage? H- how about that uh, that cat, uh, Kirk? Uh, 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 Not uh, Captain Kirk. Uh, yeah, he was Captain Kirk from <laughs> Texas A&M playing for the Jaguars. Six targets, six catches. Now, now, that wasn't hot garbage.
2: We're going to pause 10 seconds now. Let stations identify themselves right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Saints going down to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 31-24 on Thursday night football. Fuel up for the next game at McDonald's. We'll be back with more of the Siroc Point after right here on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Hiring for your small
1: business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Saints fans back here on the Siroc Point after. Let's hear from quarterback Derek Carr. His interview is brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group. Everything automotive underwood under one hood. Here's Saints QB1.
7: The slow start... Um... I, you know, I've been showing my emotion a little bit too much on, on my sleeve. You know, like uh, I, I kind of got to chill out. You know, and that's me holding myself accountable because that's not going to help anything. And so, just trying to be a calming influence in those moments, especially when it's been a couple times it's happened that heightened frustration, I, I could do a better job as a leader to calm everybody down. Can you talk about what we see on the field on camera? If I, yeah, I don't know what's on camera. You're I'm you're sorry. Can you about interviews or you talk about what, how you... On the field. How, oh, yeah. I'll ask you about that since you brought it up there was one with Chris Alave, obviously, where you, you... I mean, it seemed like you were directing comments toward him. I don't want to... Is there anything that... Yeah, I wasn't... That was misinterpreted? Or? I wasn't talking to Chris. Um, like the past two weeks, I've just been talking in general. Yeah. Um, you know, because there was some things and you know I'm not gonna tell you but there are some things um, that happened today that led to some pretty big negative plays that should never happen and um, I think that's where my frustration was coming from we, we just talked four nights ago about how it's unacceptable and it, it seemed like there were four or five more cases today like why is that such a problem and, and how can you fix it you know um, I'm gonna do everything in my power to fix that you know and I and I know our guys are gonna do everything in their power um, uh, because it's not malicious or, you know, coming from a bad place, you know. And so, um, you know, we – look, it sucks right now. <laughs> you know, we're, we're finding everything that sucks right now. And we're going to point it out we're going to call it out and we're going to try and work on that to get better as leaders. And that's our job, you know. Whether it's going really good or it's tough, you still got to be able to – you know, I say it before every game to the guys we're not playing the scoreboard, we're playing against the standard. And our standard is this. If that's our standard, that's what we're playing against. And, you know, we got to make sure that not only throughout the week, you got to meet that standard, but when game day happens, you got to meet that standard. Um, like, I'm okay, you know, if a guy gets beat, you know, I'm okay if they make a play that, I mean, they're, they're going to make a play, you know. Um, but there's some things in football that are completely controllable that I think we could do better.
8: In that final quarter and a half when you guys sort of got the offense going, were there things beyond just a hurry up, like maybe limiting all the personnel changes, were there things in there that you felt helped that maybe you kind of discovered something going forward or not?
7: I hope so. You know, and in that moment, you know, that's the, you know, with the score, what it was, we had to play like that. But that's always when I've been my most comfortable, you know, playing that way. And, you know, I've always felt that when those situations happen, I felt fully confident, you know, calling stuff, getting to, you know, the plays that Pete and RC and DJ that, you know, we all talked about and Jameis and Taysom in the room, you know, all those things that we talk about, hey, you know, letting those guys know this is what I'm going to, this is what we're going to get to, this is our our plan for this week. And, you know, um, it was good for us, especially in the last quarter and a half. I thought, you know, we got some life about us, and, you know, we were putting pressure, you know. I felt like we were the aggressor in that moment. you
8: got to say, you can't play like that all the time, but there, are there concepts within there that you can use, you know, in a whole game situation?
7: Yeah, I mean, uh, that'll be something the coaches will look at for sure. You know you know how that goes. Um, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of moving parts with, uh, you know, players and, you know, you know what, what? What do we need to put on his plate? What do we need to put on his plate? You know what do we? You know, you know what decisions do we make as a as a whole team, not just for us? You know what I'm saying? So I know that the coaches will talk about that stuff.
6: There, yeah. Foster was uh, pretty distraught after that play at the end of the game. Did say about like, the teammates' response to that? To guys
7: go to those... Oh yeah, we all. I mean, everybody's you know in the stands is you know mad at him, but it doesn't come down to one play. And so, our job as brothers and as family as teammates is to go rally around him. I've been in that moment you know where you know you miss a throw or you know and you know you, th- you throw a bad pick or something like that, and you feel like everybody hates you, you know and uh, you know our job as teammates is no matter what the situation is, good or bad, put your arm around them and keep keep them going, keep them pushing and so to see our teammates react that way shows me that we have good group you know because I've seen in moments like that where everybody just starts pointing fingers at that one play, you know, or if a kicker misses one at the end, they just point at him, you know, and it's like there's, you know, 160 other plays that could have been changed, you know, you know, throughout whatever, you know, throughout the game. Like I've never been a believer that you just point just because it happens in that moment. There's so many things that we could have done that wouldn't even put him in that situation.
2: That's Derek Carr's post-game interview brought to you by the Bill Hood Automotive Group, everything automotive under one hood. Going to talk a little bit more about Derek Carr when we get back from the break right here on the Ciroc Point After. Back here on the Ciroc Point After, Ciroc Ultra Premium Vodka. Just heard from Saints quarterback Derek Carr. In Cajun Canada, I wanted to bring this up to you. Josh DeBoe on Twitter, he writes for the Associated Press. He put out there, Derek Carr on third down tonight, 5-for-14 for 25 yards, one pick 6 one first down. He's the third player since 1991 to throw 14-plus passes on third down in the game and generate only one first down. The other quarterbacks to do that – Coy Detmer, 1 on 14 passes. That was in 1998, uh, Philadelphia versus Dallas. And then also Scott Mitchell, 0 for 14 in 97 when Detroit played Green Bay.
0: Yeah, those are household quarterbacks for sure. Uh, So, yeah, that's who Derek Carr wants to be compared with. He wants to share uh, that uh, record or somewhere hovering around and not having success on third down with those cats. No. Uh, No, 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 listen. You know, I even wrote this in my notes. It's kind of it's kind of funny. Um, you know, uh, okay, we, we need to just go for it on fourth down because we can't make third down. Uh, we were four of six on fourth down,
2: 67%. Alvin Kamara was huge on fourth down for sure. We
0: were three of 18, 17% on third down. We were four of six, 67% on fourth down. So, you know, analytics, how you break it down. <laughs> oh, you know what? Just go uh, for it. We're just going for it. We hell, we hell, we hell on four down. I don't know about third. That's our down, down baby. Yeah, but we got uh, four downs to get ten yards. Uh, we just pl- going with that. Uh, well, boy, sixty-seven percent. Uh, you might roll your dice and keep doing that. Do no huddle and go for it every time on four down. <laughs> hell, we just we win, We going for it. There
2: you go, Coach A-Bear.
0: Yeah, we going for it.
2: We're going to go for it on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Gavin in New Orleans East. What you got for us, Gavin?
8: All right. Good evening, guys. Uh, I'm just going to say this. I know everybody has already said this, but is uh, is Jimmy Graham in the doghouse somewhere? Because he's on. I don't know. Yeah, we were on the goal line so many times. And he's not even mentioned once. Last time he caught a pass, I think, was in the Green Bay loss. We've lost easy, winnable games so far this year, Bobby. And bottom line is there needs to be some changes eventually, even from the top on down. Even if it starts with Loomis and even took Dennis Allen, because I'm not sold on this man as a coach. I never was. And it's evident in the play calling. It's evident with... Just even his demeanor, it just doesn't seem like he's into it. So I, you know, and the players, you know, dropping passes, missed miss tackles, is just awful. And you know, it's just time for, I think, a change. The man who we should have had was the enemy. I was, you know, I thought the guy was right. Who's a now in
0: Washington.
8: Washington? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Washington, I mean, even though Washington is still they're still rebuilding, right? But they're putting up, but they're putting up points too. Well, you
0: know, uh, Gavin, the whole thing here right here. Okay, listen, I like Dennis Allen as a man. I think Dennis Allen is an outstanding defensive coordinator. As a head coach, uh, boy, he's on the edge of the cliff. Uh, he might go to route of Wade Phillips and Vic Fangio. You can look at a number of uh, defensive coordinators uh, who are outstanding, but not necessarily making it as a head coach. And then I get a text from, let me see, 1346. Bobby, what's Coach Allen's record as a Saints head coach? Then he goes on to write 10 and 14. What's his record uh, at the, with the Raiders? Now you could say the Raiders are dysfunctional or whatever. 8 and 20. Uh, he's a combined 8 wins and uh, 20 losses. Uh, no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, for combined 18 and 34. Yeah, so 8, eight and 20. So he was combined 18 and 34. And so he just says he has got to go. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's not going anywhere uh, this year. Now you got to win. He got to bite the bullet. Uh, you got to weather the storm. Even though you make changes, who's calling plays? It might come about the bye week, like I said, November 19th. Let this season play out. Now, 2024, and it comes, you know, there might be a lot of changes. It's a production business, and you got to get it done. So that's where we're at right now. But to say that all of a sudden Dennis Allen will be around, that's not happening right now. I'm just telling you, that's not going to happen.
2: Our last caller was totally right, Bobby. On the year right now, two targets, one reception for Jimmy Graham. That one reception was a touchdown, and that came in that Green Bay game. Other than that, nada.
0: So uh, so we're not going to – he caught a touchdown already. We're not going to give him a chance to catch two or three touchdowns?
2: And just looking at tonight, he was on the field for 17% of the offensive snaps but not targeted at all.
0: Well, um, I, I, listen, I, I'm not saying he's going to stretch the defense like he used to do with Drew Brees, but I'm just telling you a short yardage Or a red zone type play. I like that. He seems the
2: perfect antidote for red zone woes. A
0: big target. Yeah, uh, we suck in the red zone, so why not try Jimmy Graham? Let's say, okay, it's not working. We're doing all this, Uh, we're throwing all these fades, fade, fade this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, how about we give Jimmy Graham a chance, maybe up in the seam in the middle.
2: Stepping away from the Ciroc Point after, be right back after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Here on the Siroc Point after, Steve Geller, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and the Diamond in the Rough performance of the games presented by Friend and Company. You have a friend in the jewelry business. Cajun Cannon, who are you giving the Diamond in the Rough to tonight?
0: Well, uh, I don't know if you could describe him as the diamond in the rough because uh, when healthy, he's playing opposite a lot of more. But uh, I thought uh, that uh, he played with a lot more passion. A lot of times he's kind of laid back. He's a Stanford dude, you know, kind of uh, almost like Berkeley, Uh, you know, Stanford, Paulson and Debo. Uh, You know, he's an intellect, but I think he's a cornerback at times. You could see the upside. Then, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, boy, you got to be better than that. Uh, Well, I thought tonight, uh, Holly bounced back. He made plays more than anybody else. That's why I'm looking at uh, seven total tackles, five unassisted, two pass defended. He forced a fumble. You know, so, um, uh, Steve, like I said, I'm so disheartened with the defense because I never thought I'd see a game where we had zero sacks and zero quarterback hurries considering, you know, uh, the Jaguars were dealing with injuries on the O-line just like we were. So, uh, but then uh, the prince took off uh, a couple of times, and uh, now if you'd have told me, because we, now this is kind of comical in a sense, with like Trevor Lawrence, oh, is he gonna play or not gonna play? I mean, he looked fine to me. Didn't I look mean, like
2: any question mark in the game, right? Well,
0: we didn't sack him. We didn't get no quarterback hurries, and he ran for 59 yards, seven and a half yard average, and a long gain of uh, 26. So, I, I don't know. That's why. And it's a shard week. You think, oh, man, I hurt my knee. I hurt my knee. Oh, we playing. It's not the week to week. It's like uh, Sunday to Thursday, and he's playing. I don't know. He, was, he wasn't he was gimping. He wasn't like when he took off to run, you know, when he's bursting for 26 yards. He's not like Hopalong Cassidy, you know, and he's doing one of these. You know, how, I wish you could show him on the video. I'm like, how? No, he was running smooth. He just looked smooth.
2: No giddy, no gimp in that no, step no, at no, all.
0: No giddy, no wasn't gimpy or anything. So uh, yeah, but diamond in the rough. I'd say uh, Paulson to Debo.
2: Um, I agree. Yeah. That Diamond and the Rev Performance is brought to you by Friend and Company. You've got a friend in the jewelry business. Taking a break, be right back with more of the Ciroc Point After on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. All right, I want to get into some of our callers on the Oakland Hard Jewelers Talking Text line. Scott and Diamondhead, what you got for us tonight, man? Hey, where you at, Bobby? Where you yeah, well, Scott, what
5: you got, Doug? A no? lot of people want to blame a lot of people want to blame Carr on this game, but he put us in position to win the game and completing passes and all the yardage, yardage that he has. He had a, and,
0: yeah, he had a great comeback. I agree with that. But we need him to have a great first
5: quarter, great second that's quarter. That's right, but yeah. hard, we were there supporting the team tonight. hard harmony money goes into Saints fans supporting this team. We just need a product to be on the field to support us. You
2: know what i Amen. Yeah, Bobby's Amen. been saying that for hey, sure. you
0: preach it to the choir now. You can't have a better fan base than the that Nation. If we win, it's almost like an earthquake game inside uh, yes. the, the Caesar Superdome.
2: Your jaw's rattling, it's so loud. Hey, listen,
0: you know what I know it's bad, Stephen, Charlie, and Scott? When we should take this for granted. I said, man, okay, we keep hearing this because we're scoring so many da- damn touchdowns. Stand <laughs> up and get crumb. Right, now you miss it. Uh, Yes, I miss it. It's like, oh, we scored a touchdown. We get to hear the song. <laughs> no, it used to be like a dime a dozen. It would, we'd hear that all the time. I remember hearing that song go, but that's a good feeling. That brings back some fond memories when I heard that then. But that's few and far between. And it's at home. You're not going to get that on the road. You, you got it so you got to kick ass in the dome. No, Scott and all the fans out there from Diamond Head, we are there for the team. But can the team be there for us? That's where we're at right now. You cannot afford to not be in the postseason three straight seasons. No, we spoiled you. Hell yeah, we spoiled. Post-Katrina, considering with the Saints, this not, is this not your grandpa's Saints. This is not the initial inauguration of the Saints, like pre-Mr. Benson with John Meekham and all that, and uh, Archie back in the day and all. No. We have established well, we've done anything you do over a decade. Changed
2: the entire culture of what it was beforehand. You right. got little
0: kids and all of a sudden they go, oh, "Dad, what's wrong with the Saints now?" and all of a sudden they, they were awesome for like uh,
2: right. 12 plus years. My 13-year-old all- goes, "Dad, why why were the Saints fans wearing bags back in the day?" They don't understand that. They
0: don't understand that. I'm telling you, so that's why you got to keep it up. You got to win, and that's why it's a production business and where are we are at right now and we were on a great run. It's all a combination. It's all the organization. You know, with Drew Brees at the helm, even with Sean Payton, but I'm telling you, uh, then you know, then like my wife would say, "Boy, you sure stroke Tom Brady and Drew Brees." But all I know is, what in the hell Bill Belichick's doing without Tom Brady, and what is Sean Payton doing without Drew Brees? I'm just telling you, they that much of a difference maker.
2: Drew Brees. We're feeling it here too.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I, telling you, look what happened post Katrina. The first year we in the NFC Championship in 2006. We won a Super Bowl. It's a shame. 2011, Greg Williams in the defense. Come on. And I like Greg Williams. I love Greg Williams. It's awesome. But out in the 49ers, I look at those games, and you look at the Nolan no call and all that. No, that was our chance. That was the heyday. Now we don't need to go back to like uh, we're in the 70s or something. We got to keep up or try and turn things around. That's why you got to hold the organization's feet to the fire, and they got to win. If they don't win, this year you can't be three straight seasons not being in the postseason because, again, it's the National Football League. Six, seven, eight coaches get fired every year. Coming yeah. down, the- You got to win. That's just the way it
2: is. Coming down the home stretch of the Siroc Point after. Be back with more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Want to get right into the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line here on the Siroc Point after. John and Metri, what you got for us tonight, John?
9: Uh, hey guys, uh, what I got is a little bit of the pylon why we're not having car throw to some of our taller receivers, not just Jimmy Graham, who's right. on the sideline, but what happened to A.T. Perry, our draft choice, who's six foot four.
0: Wait, uh, well, wait, he's in we street clothes, him? he's in street clothes, Anthony. He was an oh, actor for the sorry. game. What is he's this? A healthy scratch. No, this is John, yeah, yeah, John, yeah, healthy scratch, yeah, uh. I guess they want to go more with the experienced receiver, and, I, and then he, well I, you don't have you don't have Michael Thomas in the game at the end. He's on the sideline. You got. That's Keith a good Kirk point. That's a good point. But he's you a know. tall. He's a tall receiver. Uh, but the, the only thing with At Perry uh, now he was outstanding at Wake Forest. Uh, now he got better in training camp, but when we first witnessed him, maybe he was a late bloomer. Boy, uh, if every one uh, pass he caught, he dropped two or three. Now, I mean, I guess well, you, you know. The one success we've had inside the ten
9: yard line tonight was Taysom running the ball. Right, didn't Amen. Give him a, the one that <laughs> not once, and no AK. Once we get there, it's like suddenly we get inside the ten, and it's pass, 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 pass. Um, and then the, the, what do we hear after the game? We ha- the Saints have a new 2023 mantra. Last year is <laughs> keep doing what you're doing, and this year it's growing pains. Now I googled grew- growing pains. And it was a bad sitcom, which is what the Saints are starting to resemble.
0: That's a great point. Uh, That's a great point, John. Growing pains, hell, uh, no, we finished with the growing pains. We want production. Uh, We we should uh, – we're not aching anymore. Uh, We should have grown up enough and to be able to accomplish things. Oh, we're going through growing pains. Uh, Hell no. It's not like, um, you know, we have a whole new roster. Uh, But listen, uh, we have established veterans on the team. Ain't no damn growing pain, just about production. I mean, no, no, you got to – listen, you can't give them a pass. Now, as a coach, you got to keep the uh, the head games. You got to keep the team together and how you develop. You know, we got a, a number of texts, uh, and they said – and Deuce mentioned this, uh, that even – I'm not calling out any player, but I guess I am. Uh, you cannot be a player that just because the ball's not coming to you and that you glided. You always got to be 100%. You can't be pouting if then I come into you. Uh, a lot of times, maybe that might be his personality. Um, Deuce has noticed this, I've observed this. But a lot of times, Chris Alave seems disinterested. I mean, I think he's smooth as silk at times, but does he really have that passion? Does he have? He's not, I mean, see, Michael Thomas to me is a dog. Like, uh, you know, different players like C.D. Deuce, Chauncey Garner Johnson, dog. There's uh, was a
2: positive, actually, from today, Bobby. I'll say at least Mike T. got into the end zone. Congratulations right. to Mike for getting his first TD of the season.
0: Right. I I, I don't view Chris Olave as a dog. I mean, it's like um, going through the motions sometimes. Oh, the but ball, he looked like, like, like a dog media. in
2: camp, I'll say. We were raving about him in camp, looking so you know developed in year two, coming into the season, expecting a huge breakout year, a sophomore season.
0: Well, and I would expect more from Chris Olave than say like a Rashid Shaheed. Okay, absolutely, Rashid Shaheed, considering a late bloomer, where he went to school, where he's at. uh, Come on, Chris Olave, you're from Ohio State. Come on, you you know from the get go uh, how demanding. But you have to realize now you're playing in the National Football League. It's not college football or the Big Ten. Who are you competing against? You got to fight. You got to fight your behind off a game in and game out, even to have a chance to have success. You can't be like all oh, gliding and all that and being all uh, smooth. No, you want to be smooth as silk, but, but, but you still got to be aggressive. And at times, um, I think he's a passionate football player. He wants to play well. He worked hard in the off season, trying to get stronger, make those more contested catches, which he did not do last year. And I keep bringing this up. I mean, I never forget that Forty Nine er game. Right. And um, and and Alvin Kamara would step up to this. I can't fumble on the four yard line. Chris Olave, I, I got a big catch in the red zone. I don't come down with the ball. We got ripped off. Alante Taylor still don't have a damn interception, and they had a pick six that game that didn't count because of penalty. But the point I'm bringing up is like, listen, once you get in the NFL, it doesn't get any easier. There's few and far between like Deion Sanders type players who don't have to practice and can still play at a very high level. You got to work your behind off. I can tell you um, I've seen one play tonight. Marshawn Lattimore who is tough as nails, an unbelievable tackler, one of the best cornerback tacklers in the National Football Physical League. guy, right. i, I seen one tackle he tried to make. He just kind of clapped his hands, and the guy went by him. And he was so mad at himself, but it just goes to show you, it's hard. Like, what you have to do, you got to bring it. You almost have to be, this might be my last game of my life, and play like hell-bent for leather. There ain't no being all cool and like, um, you know, I'm chilling. No, chill wouldn't chill. Nothing. You ain't going to win anything.
2: I should going to go for some chilled Ciroc right now, that's for sure. We're here on the Ciroc Amen. Point After, coming back with more right after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Checking out our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line. We've got Don in Lakeview. Don, what you got for us tonight on the Point After?
5: Hey, guys. How you doing this morning?
0: All right, Don. What you got, man?
5: Well, look, I got three things. and Actually, you hit me on four. Because first off, Derek Carr's decision making—I'm sorry, I, I just—I'm not there on him yet. I, I'm yet to to, to see that he's making great decisions in the red zone. You know why he's throwing a, a fade route, and I and, they, and the guy that brought up Jimmy Graham—I was asking the same question. You put Jimmy Graham in there with Michael Thomas. You put all your weapons in there. You got to defend the field. Jimmy Graham's on the bench. You know Drew Brees and Jimmy Graham made a living together back then in the red zone. And oh, we oh my in the God!
0: They were setting records.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly, absolutely. And then the second thing I got, I'm sorry. If you call Michael, he has no imagination. I mean, a children's fairy tale has more imagination. I'm sorry. And and he, you know, he just he didn't pay enough attention to Sean Payton when he was working under his, you know, his umbrella. And um, he just there's no creativity whatsoever in that offense. It's very predictable. Thank God that Alvin Kamara had a great game tonight. because He really kept us in the game. He was running hard. Um,
0: and uh, a, a few absolutely. times, Don, uh, I I said, uh, boy, I'm watching. I said, man, Alvin Kamara got the crap knocked out of him. It was like I know if not two or three, a handful of times. Uh, they, 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 they were going to snug bubble on him, and he kept fighting. And I would have thought, you know, Don, if- I would have thought with 153 total yards in scrimmage. Boy, uh, that's a great game for Alvin Kamara, and when he has that kind of production, uh, you should freaking win.
5: Absolutely, he he. I mean, he he was coming. He was he was coming out of his 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 stance and just hitting the hole with such explosiveness. It was unbelievable. I mean, I, I've never seen him look look so so fluid and smooth and powerful coming through the line. I mean, he really did. It's a shame we hit we lost that game, yeah. but you know, thank goodness for him. The third thing, I'm on you, man. I'm sitting there asking myself, why are we giving these receivers so much cushion? What in the world is a deal here? You know, is this where they're afraid they're going to get beat? Afraid of
0: the speed, I guess? I mean, I don't know. It was like I have never seen. uh, Listen, I've witnessed and I have a high respect for the Saints secondary and how they challenge receivers. But today uh, versus, uh, you know, Dennis Allen's been in charge of the defense and all that and how they do things on the back end. But uh, Don, I have not witnessed as many times separation. There times, like I was saying, four or not zone concept versus man to man and all that. But more than any yeah. of the team this season, particularly, I'm going to focus on this season. Uh, four to five year, uh, four to five yards open. I mean that that's high school open, and this is the NFL. I mean, our receivers that open. I look at hell no, it's like bang bang. No, uh, they get pass defended We not like that. Did you notice that also? You noticed that
5: too, Don, right? Yes, absolutely. I asked myself, well, how come come we can't get separation and they can't? Because you know what? Their D-backs and man-to-man, they were playing up in our receiver's grill. They were not giving them any space. And yet our D-backs were giving them all the space, and I don't understand why. You know, maybe that was part of the plan because you said we got no sacks. How come? You know, usually you end up Cam George going to get at least one sack. If not we had no two. sacks,
0: no quarterback hurries. Okay, a quarterback hurries, the closest thing to a sack, but we had zero, zero. We had none. I, 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 uh, Don, I haven't witnessed that in a long time by Saints defense. And especially you playing in front of the crowd in the dome, how there's nothing better than sacking the opponent quarterback or, or in that regard when the defense is kicking ass and you don't get a sack and you don't get a quarterback hurry. That's very discouraging.
2: And I know our old line was hurting, but so was the Jags.
0: Yes, uh, th- that's what I'm saying. So that's a push, okay? Our old line's hurting, their old line's hurting. So why all of a sudden, okay? Our, our old line's hurting, and uh, you know they end up getting a sack, and we get anything now. Uh, but you know what they had? That was different. Pressure. They had seven quarterback hurries, and we had uh, zero. Well, that, that's a big discrepancy. <laughs> seven to zero, it's not, you know. Or you could say, okay, one sack and, and we had none, but then we had zero quarterback hurries, hits, and they had seven.
2: Does not compute.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, that's not that, that's not affecting the, the opposing quarterback. That's why Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I, I don't know. His knee might have been hurting a little bit. It's probably he's going to wake up tomorrow morning, and he's going to feel like, oh, I got a mini bye, oh, my knee's fine.
2: 20-29 yeah. passing, 204 yards, and a touchdown.
0: No, it's just the efficiency. Right. So, yeah, you have to look at where he was at. Uh, again, we outgained them and everything, but you have to look at it. They were not efficient on third down. Our defense kicked their ass. They were 2 of 11, but they were 2 for 2 in the red zone, and we were 2 of 5 in the red zone. Are you getting touchdowns, or are you not? I mean – I I don't know. To me, it was like a tale of two halves or two games. I don't know. Right? Like the first half, the damn. You know what's the most discouraging football 2023 season? If you put this as a whole game, oh my God! It's like I'm not even watching this team anymore. The first half of the defense against the Texans and the first half against the Jaguars. uh, what, What are we, the bad news bears? Whoever you think is the worst team in the NFL, how we played the first half against the Texans and the first half in the Jaguars game. Uh, now, not the second half because, I don't know, we responded, but can we come out the gate smoking? Because the first half, those first two quarters and back-to-back games was El Succo.
2: Closing things out. We'll be right back with more of the Siroc Point after, All right, after this on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Winding things down after a tough 31-24 loss for the Saints to the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night football. Want to pause 10 seconds right now for stations to identify themselves on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. All right, Bobby, the team's got to, you know, lick their wounds. They got a little extra time, uh, 10-day break before they got to go to Indianapolis uh, to take on the Colts. Uh, You're in this locker room as a player. What are you saying to the guys to rally the troops?
0: Well, what's in the past is in the past. You got to move forward. Uh, But uh, the bottom line is uh, you got to produce. It's a production business. uh, You got to get it done. Uh, Now, we've been Road Warriors. uh, So remember when I told you, I said this even before the Jacksonville Jaguar game. I'll go watch if this doesn't happen. And it's the most frustrating thing as a fan because all you do is maybe develop an ulcer or something. Then you all like stress. You know, you never want to be like win one, lose one, or lose one, win one. I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but watch. I said, we're going to beat the Jaguars, lose to the Colts, or vice versa. You know, uh, that we're going to lose to the Jaguars. Well, well, watch if we don't beat the Colts, and then you can feel good about yourself and we beat the Bears at home. We should win. We're not playing the champions of the National Football League, who's truly going to represent the NFC or the AFC in the Super Bowl. That's why we got to take advantage of our schedule. I don't know. Can we do it? I don't
2: know want to say thanks to behind-the-scenes our Saints Radio Network executive producers Diane Newman, Kevin Cassidy, Saints sales manager DePaul Smith, assistant producer Ian Hoke, associate producer Scott Colomb, studio producers Charlie Long, Chris Coleman, Cullen Steele, plus station engineers Danny Miller and Ernie Kane on behalf of the Saints Radio broadcast team. Mike Haas, Deuce McAllister, Jeff Nowak, and Robert Carroll. Thanks for listening to Saints football. Join us next week when the Black and Gold take on the Colts. I'm Steve Geller. See you next week on the Community Coffee Saints Radio Network. Cajun Cannon, say goodnight. Yeah, Keith,
0: Tina, Don, Steve, uh, Dennis, Brandon, y'all call Deuce tomorrow.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.